Thank you. We ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. We say there is no confusion in this atmosphere. Heavy heart beholds you as we see ourselves in you. It's glorified as we are edified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, let's see basics of Christianity or basics of our faith. Let's see. Um, let's start with that this evening. The basics of our faith, basics of Christianity. All right, you know, um, something about, uh, we are just trying to walk through um, our realities, right? And um, the fact of our salvation and the fact that our salvation is our, the essence of Christianity as newbies, as newborn against. The Bible says in First Peter 2, 2, it says as newborn, as, as newborn, ah, no, let's check it. Newborn as newborn babes, <laughs> desire the sincere, make of the word that ye may grow thereby. So, Christianity is a reality. And reality means, when we say reality, it means something that is real to someone, right? So, Christianity is a reality. And there are things that define Christianity, aside being a member of the church, aside attending crusades, attending um, different things, or there are a lot that makes us Christians. And one of the reasons, one of the things is, by appreciating the reality of Christianity. We have to sincerely come to that point of appreciating our reality as Christians. Well, we are studying basics of Christianity, basics of Christianity. And it is important that every believer should have a full recognition of what God has done for us in and through the believer. Yeah, sure. That as of what God has done for us. So we are seeing, let's look at Matthew 1. Let's look at Matthew 1. Matthew 1, 20 to 23. 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 Are we there? Matthew 1, 20 to 23. It says, are we there? Matthew 1, 20 to 23. I'm reading from the King James Version. Matthew 1, 20 to 23. It says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is considered is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. We are looking at basis of Christianity. And now all this was done, and it was like and that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall bring forth, shall, uh, shall, shall be with the child, and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now let's see Second Timothy one nine. Second Timothy one nine. Second Timothy one nine. Like I said before, I said Christianity is a reality. Second Timothy one nine. Second Timothy one nine. Timothy 1 9, are we there? It says, um, 
who has saved us and has called us with an holy calling. He now says, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he has given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now, I'll read it again. He says, who had saved us and had called us. So that means at salvation we're saved, at salvation we're called. It says, with an holy calling. So that means everyone is called into something at salvation. We'll study this as we go much later. You know, so it's not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the word began. Look at Titus 3.5. Titus 3.5. You know, you learn to open the scriptures really fast. And <laughs> we'll, we'll really look at a lot of scriptures. Amen. Titus 3.5. You know, one thing about Bible study is that we have to be able to use scriptures to explain everything. The very minute someone starts giving you theologies that is not according to the scriptures, you know the person is saying something false. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Alright, look at Titus 3.5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he did what? He saved us. So that means we're saved by his mercy, by the washing of the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Look at 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 5. 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 5. 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 5. It says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of things be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, in our says, in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who would have all men deceived and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man, what? Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, we say that we've established the fact that Christianity is a reality. And there are things that define Christianity. Being a member of a church or attending crusade conventions may not be the proof of you appreciating the reality of your Christianity. But Christianity is founded on Christ's work. Christianity is solely founded on Christ's work. And what, which Christ's work? Christ's work of salvation. Christianity is solely founded on Christ's work of salvation. And it is important that every believer should come to a full recognition of that fact. So we have a responsibility to come to the fact of what God has done in Christ Jesus for us as in salvation. Now, a big question we will have to see in understanding this is how does a man get saved? This is like a subheading now. How does a man get saved? Because you have to know how you get saved so that when you are preaching the gospel to someone, it will make sense what is happening and what you are doing and how to do it. Does that make sense? Now, so how does a man get saved? It is important for us to know that salvation is not giving your life to Christ. I don't know if you have heard this term. Um, can you come and give your life to Christ? Oh, um, please give your life to Christ. The truth of the matter is, you didn't have a life to give. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, it says you were dead in trespasses and sin. So someone who is dead, does he have a life? I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So you never had a life to give. 
So that terminology, please give your life to Christ. I'm sure all of us have used it before. How many of us have used that term before? Give your life to Christ. Give your life to Christ. I have I, I finished people with that, with that statement before. Brother, you must give your life to Christ or you will die. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, the person is dead. <laughs> the person is actually dead. Anyone who has not believed the gospel is a walking dead man. Mm. Does that make sense? Anyone who has not believed the gospel is a walking dead man. Spiritually, he is dead. Does that make sense? So, Ephesians 2, 1 to 3 made us understand that you were dead in trespasses and sins, but it quickened you. Does that make sense? So, in Christianity, it is God that gave his life for you to receive. So, instead of saying, give your life to Christ, you can say, I received the life of Christ. This was it. I gave my life to Christ. Now, I gave my life to Christ will be used in a consecration form, and that's something we'll study much later. But in the Christian, in the reality of our Christianity, we would use and say, I received the life of Christ. That is what God had to offer. I received it. Does that make sense? He gave the son to die for us. I believed it. I received something. I didn't have a life. He gave me his life. I received it. And I believe it. Does that make sense? So, in Christianity, it is God that gave and you received. So I'll say it again. It is God that gave and you received. So, you are a receiver from the beginning to the end in Christianity. You are a receiver from the beginning to the end. Now, let's go to that Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. Let's read it very well. Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. On the way or after? after. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. Just spend down your questions. Does that make sense? Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. And you are the quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walk according to the course of this world, the spirits, um, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the year, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience, among whom, and this was our life before we received the gospel, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Wow. Look at our state before we got born again. It says, among whom we had our conversations in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling our desires, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as unto others. So now Paul was emphasizing something. Now let's look at what he was emphasizing. In verse, in verse 1, in chapter 2, verse 1, one of the major things he emphasizes, we were dead in trespasses and sins. How many of you see that? Our former state before we got born again. We were dead in trespasses and sin. Now let's let's look at in verse 2. What did he emphasize? It says, according to the course of this world. And that says you have we have walked according to the course of this world. How many of us see that there? Now another one is another one we see there in look at in chapter three, in verse three it says, We had our conversations in the time passed in the lust of the flesh. How many of us see that there? How many of us see that there? All right. Praise God. So, a man who is dead in trespasses and sin has no life to give. A man who is dead in trespasses and sin 
has no life to give. Rather, he receives the life of Christ. Rather, he receives the Spirit of God at salvation. So now, what happened to you the day you got born again? You were receiving the life of God. Does that make sense to everybody? Because you didn't have a life to live, to give. So that time of, I gave my life to Christ. I gave my life to Christ. Are you seeing that? There is somewhat something wrong with that statement. In the sense of, you were actually dead. You couldn't have given your life when you were actually in a dead state. Does that make sense to everyone? So you were receiving something. Now, what were you receiving? You were receiving his, his life. Does that make sense to everyone? So at salvation, it was God who gave. I will say that again. At salvation, it was God who gave. At salvation, it was God who gave. Look at Romans 10. Or Romans 8, sorry. Romans 8, verse 32. Romans 8, verse 32. Are we there? Romans 8, 32. Oh, say, am I, why am I calling the scriptures very fast? <laughs> Romans 8, verse 32. Are we there? Ah, you will open scriptures. <laughs> Romans 8, verse 32. It says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing what I'm reading? It says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us. How shall he not with him freely do what? Freely do what? Give us, Give us all things. So, are we receiving at salvation? Yes, sir. Are you, are you getting this now? Let's read it again. It says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him freely do what? Give us all things. Now look at 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2. 1 Corinthians 2 2. Or 2 12, sorry. 1 Corinthians 2 12. 1 Corinthians 2 12. 1 Corinthians 2 12. It says, Now we have done, we have done what? Are we there? Are we there? I will wait for it. First Corinthians two twelve. If anyone builds. First Corinthians two twelve. First Corinthians two twelve. First. It says now we have what received. Went to First Corinthians two twelve. First Corinthians two twelve. First Corinthians two twelve. Are you there now? Yes. It says, now we have done what? Received. We have what? Received. No, you're not saying like you mean. Now we have what? Received. Received. Not the spirit of the world, but what? The spirit of God. The spirit of God. That we might know the things which are freely given to us of God. So we have received what? The spirit of God. So when you were born again at salvation, what were you receiving? Does that make sense to everyone? Do you see that you had nothing to give? Are you seeing it? That time I gave my life to Christ, there was nothing to give. You were the one receiving. Hallelujah. Now look at Acts 4, verse 12. 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 At 4 verse 12, are we there? At 4 verse 12. Is it making sense to somebody? Yes. At 4 verse 12. It says, Nidia. Are we there? Yes. I'll wait for you. At 4 verse 12. You are there, say, Amen. You are there, say, Amen. If you are not there, say, Omi. 
All right, at 4 verse 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So it says, There is no other name given in heaven whereby we must be saved. Look at Romans 10, verse 6 to 10. Romans 10, verse 6 to 10. So, so we are just opening scriptures, opening scriptures. Ah, ah. It's Bible study. <laughs> Romans 10, verse 6 to 10. Romans 10, then we'll read from 6, verse 6 to 10. Romans 10, verse 6 to 10. Romans 10, verse 6 to 10. Romans 10, verse 6 to 10. Are we there? It says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thy heart, Who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring of Christ again from the dead. What saith thee? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in what? In thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So salvation is to believe in the heart. And confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus that God raised him from the dead. I'll say it again. Salvation is to confess or is to believe in your heart. And confess with your mouth that God has raised Christ from the dead. And we've done that. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We yeah. believe that Christ rose from the dead. Yeah. Oh, is there any unbeliever here? <laughs> we believed that Christ rose from the dead. Look at 1 John 5, 1. 1 John 5 1. 1 John 5 1. 1 John 5 1. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. 1 John 5 1. Says, are we there? It says, Whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone the loving. Are we there? I'll wait for you. 1 John 5, 1. 1 John 5, 1. He says, Whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him and begat, loveth him also the begotten of him. Now, in this context now, the word Christ here is, means Savior. Because it says, whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ. Are you getting me now? And don't forget, we, we first saw Matthew 1 verse 23 when it says, He shall be called Jesus Christ. He shall save what? His people from their sins. So the meaning of Christ means Savior, right? So that's why it says, whosoever believe that Jesus is, we can put the inverted comma here and say, Jesus is the Savior. Does that make sense? Yeah. He is born of God. So are we born of God? Or we are born of our mother? Uh, we are born of our mother, but but, but you know, I like what he's doing. I like how he, he used this and he said, but there is an in, interjection somewhere. <laughs> Amen. So we are born of God. Say I'm born of God. You know, you're not saying like you know, see, you know, Christianity deals with much of our speaking, right? That, and an acknowledgement of your reality. Say I am born of God. Born of God. You, know, you know how these devils, you know how devils, um, all these people that 
are giving to occultic or this devil and they are very proud of it they will say ah, i mean i am this i am there's this popular one that i mean if you heard this term growing up illuminati rubbish or okay. they they will be saying i'm illuminati and this you heard those things growing up you see how people were proud of those people that they told you they are, i don't believe in those rubbish though but you know how they were proud of what they were doing just imagine we as christians you wake up every morning and say i am born of god hallelujah say i am born of god i am born of god hallelujah look at act 16 at 16 i'm born of god oh hallelujah go with god i am born of 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 god hallelujah look at act 16 act 16 <laughs> act 16 you know Sometimes when you are preaching these things, you just get very excited. Like, oh wow, look at what God has done in Christ Jesus for me. <laughs> Acts 16, verse 30. Acts 16, 30. We're reading 30 to 34. Acts 16, 30 to 34. Acts 16, 30 to 34. Don't forget, we are still looking at how does a man get saved. Does that make sense? And we are looking on the, at the basis of Christianity. Look at Acts 16, verse 30 to 34. Are we there? Are we there? Look at it. It says, and brought them out and said, Sars, what must I do to be saved? And they said, what did they say? Let's read it. Let's, everybody, let's read 31. And they said, verse 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus and do what? You will be saved. And you will be saved. So how does a man get saved? Now, when we say believe on the Lord Jesus, you know we read Romans 10. What exactly are they believing? Jesus died. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus was buried. And Jesus rose again. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So he says, and they spake unto him, and he says, and he brought the man and said, ah, what must I do to be saved? Look at what Paul said. He said, believe in what? In the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in the house. And he took them in the same hour, in the night, washed their stripes and baptized, and he straight will. And he, and he had brought them into the house, and he set meat, and rejoiced, believing with God and the house. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus. Very key emphasis. Now look at Romans 1.16. I love that one. I am born of God. Glory. Romans 1.16. Romans 1 16. Romans 1 16. This is Paul speaking here. Romans 1 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto what? Salvation to everyone who believes. So that means the ability of God to save is in the gospel. The ability of God to save a man is in the gospel. And what is the gospel? I'll, let's look at 1 Corinthians 15 to see what the gospel means. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15 so that when I'm saying the gospel, you have a scriptural context in your head to know what I'm talking about. Look at 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. Let's see it. Are we there? 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. Are we there? 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. Are we Corinthians 15 verse 1. I am born of God. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15 is 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I declared unto you, 
which also you have received. So is what he preached to them and what they have received and wherein they stand. It says, by which also you keep in memory, that if you keep in memory, I preach unto you unless you have believed in me. So what did Paul preach unto them? For I delivered unto you first of all, which also I have received. That is, now that you have received something, you're not going to preach it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. What, that's what Paul is saying. It says, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. How that he was buried and he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. How that he was, how that he was died according to the scriptures. How that he was buried according to the scriptures. How that he rose again according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Now let's go back to our Romans one sixteen. Let's go back to our Romans one sixteen. So where Paul is now saying, "I am not ashamed of the gospel." What is the what is the background in your head now? What's the background in your head when Paul says, "I am not ashamed of the gospel." I am not ashamed of the reality of the death, right? The barrier, right? And the resurrection of Christ. Does that make sense? He now says, he now says, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So that means the ability of God to save is in that gospel. So the ability of God to save a man is in that message we preach. What actually saved you when you got born again was the ability of the words the person spoke to you. The content of the words the person spoke to you. Do you know? If I come to you now and I preach how to make money, and I say, you know, you just do forex, you just do cryptos, and um, <laughs> oh yeah, you just do investment in cryptos, make some good money, and you just cash out. And then I say, after that, and I say, how many of you want to surrender your life to Christ? Do you know I didn't preach a message? Hope <laughs> you know. Do you know that there is nothing to save you in that? Anyone who comes out for a message like that came out for them to make money. Are you getting it? Are you seeing it? They only came out because they felt like, you know, these are preachers do it. They will tell you those things, how to make money. You know, you have to be successful. You have to, you have to be successful. You have to, you have to stand your ground. You have to make sure this. They're not telling you, how many of you want to surrender? Like, you, come. you know, what you are coming out for is you want to be successful. Money. Are you getting it? That is what you believed. You didn't believe the gospel. <laughs> are you seeing it? There was no potency in that thing to save you. I, I, does that make sense? Somebody can tell you, just like in a school environment like this, you know, the best way people will use to save people is, you know, academic sources. You know, there is... If you, the Spirit of God can help you pass your exam, it's a lie, yo. <laughs> if you do not read, <laughs> there is no Spirit of God anywhere. <laughs> Mathematician here will tell you. <laughs> I, can't, I don't believe you will, you will see angels in a mathematics exam. <laughs> so, just imagine a school system like this. Someone is not telling you. You know, this and that, there is an academic source, there's one spirit somewhere that when you believe, when you just when you just surrender your life to Christ, you'll be passing your exam. Hope you know that everybody will want to call surrender just because they believe that they will have extra points, <laughs> they will pass their exam, and that is not the gospel. Are you seeing it? Are you is it making sense to you guys? That exactly is not the gospel. What is the gospel is when I come to you now and say, brother, this is what happened. Christ came to us. He died for our sins. 
he was buried. He rose again on the third day. And he ascended unto heaven. And I have believed it. And that is the same message I preached to you. Do you know that is the gospel? That in itself, saying that in itself, has the ability to save a man. That is why Paul says, it is the power of God. So when I am preaching to you now, I am declaring the power of God. Can we say, can you now say, the power of God is in what I am preaching now? Are you, are you getting it? Can you say that? Can we agree to that? The power of God is in what I am preaching now. Why? Because I am talking about what? The death, the burial, and the resurrection. Are you seeing it? So, power is not even, it's not even big. How do, you, how do you relate with power? Just preach the message. The power of God is being declared. Hallelujah. Men will be saved with that message. So the ability of God to save is in the gospel. It is not present in our confession. It's not in, oh, now I believe. No, that's not it. Because when you believe, that has the power to change you. Then you just say, ah, I, I believe what this guy is saying. You know, many times when we go for evangelism, somebody is convicted. You just, the person is just giving you audience and you're just thinking, oh, wow, you make sense. You make sense. You know, that's a believing in someone's that. You make sense. You make sense. I, I think I grabbed what you said. They will not ask you, eh, but I have this question. And you not answer the question. They'll say, oh, I don't have a problem with what you're saying. Do you know that the person just believed? The person doesn't have to say, now say after me, oh, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. No, the person has believed. Because the message has the power to change a man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The message has the potency to save a man. It is the only power of God unto salvation. Does that make sense? So he now says, so the only information a man needs to hear to be saved is the gospel. That's the only information. I don't have to tell you, come and do cryptos. I don't have to tell you, sell your iPhone and sow a seed. <laughs> I tell you, if I just say, guy, give me your MacBook and <laughs> you'll be saved from all your sins. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is how that Christ died. Hallelujah. How that he was buried. How that he rose again. You know, I was in a conversation with some Muslims about last week's Sunday, actually. Uh, was it last week Sunday or last week Saturday? I was in a four hours, five hours conversation with some Muslims. And they were asking me, it, it was a very, like, legit 20-something I was the only two Christians. Actually, the guy, they finished the guy because the guy didn't know much. So, it was online. They finished the guy because the guy, so the guy had to text me and say, please come and help me out. So, I missed 20-something Muslims. I was basically the only voice, Christian. And all of them were asking me questions. Now, and now, do you know what they did? They were asking me New Testament, how Christ, I said, calm down. We now went to the Old. Then I said, no, without problem with... They, went, they had contradictions with the Old Testament. Then I said, no, we, when, I, when I sorted sort them out, then I said, no, we don't have problem with that. Then I said, and I said, how do you want to reduce... I told them something and they kept quiet. How do you want to reduce the basics of our faith and tell us that somebody did not die Somebody was not buried and somebody did not rise again. They say, hey, it doesn't just make sense. I said to you, because you are not a believer, it doesn't make sense. But to me, who I believe the gospel, it makes sense. Does that make sense? Bible says, you use the foolishness of this world. 
right? In First Corinthians 1 verse 18 and all of those things, it says he, it was the, through the foolishness of preaching he saved the world. I say you, it can't make sense to you because you are not ready to believe it. I say me that I have believed it, it makes sense already. You can't tell me that God left his state and became a man and he now came to where, do you know what it means for God to become a man? Like God left his old throne and become a flesh like you and I. God started pooping. God went to the toilet. Because the resultant event of if you eat means you will go to the toilet. God that says in, in the old that says he never sleep or slumber. Peter had to wake God up and say, Master, care it not that we perish. A oh God. <laughs> he subjected himself to human form and went to the grave for you and I. And you say, that does not make sense. Or is an hogwash. No, it can't be an hogwash. What will make God leave his throne to come and die can't be an hogwash. It, it certainly makes sense. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Hallelujah. It means God was intentional. It means God wanted to do something. And what did he want to do? He wanted us to believe in him and he will give us his life. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, and we receive that life today. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We receive that life today. Glory to God. We receive that life today. So everyone who is saved, the only thing, or those who are those who are yet to be saved, the only detail they need to hear is just that message. Don't try to pity it. Don't try to pamper the message. No, the message itself has power. <laughs> are you getting me? Don't try to go around it as oh okay. No, the message itself has power. How that he died, how that he rose again, how that he was buried, that is power. When you are preaching it, it's two ways. Is it that they are the positive or they believe? That's it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, that is the only information a man needs to hear to believe the gospel. So, it is clear for us now that a man is saved and he believes the Lord Jesus in his heart. He confesses the sins with his mouth. And everything that God has done in Christ Jesus has automatically become his. Everything God has done in Christ Jesus automatically become yours. The very day you believe that. So there is no effort of yours that will be added to it. There is no, no... That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, We are saved by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it could not have been because you cried so much for God to forgive your sins. How many of you have done those things? Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you thought that was why he forgave you. No. <laughs> it could not have been that. If it was that, you know they are, you know they are professional criers. They, 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 they pay people to cry. How many of you have, you, some of you that are from Africa, you know those, when somebody dies and they give, some people will just, they are born crier. So how do you want to compete with <laughs> how do you want to compete with cry those people that can cry? Or hope you know that if it is by money, you know, if I was teaching us, um, was it us um, Saturday and I was telling us if it was by money, Bill Gates will have so much, and he will ask us, Who is your God? <laughs> Are you getting us? He will ask you, Ah, bro, what's that? Even when Leo Moss, Leo Moss just say, Let me make Tesla for this, your God, and <laughs> don't disturb my life. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So, it could not have been by your words. Do you know if it was by money or our riches? We can't stand. 
You know, I, I watched a comedy one time and somebody said, Aliko Dangote is the richest black woman, African. And me, I'm an African. He's, and his position is 168. 168 richest man in the world. The person I asked, God, where's my position? Where's my position in, in this list? <laughs> so if Aliko Dangote is 168, <laughs> You may say, wait, so do you know that? You are oh, forget your own salvation. If it was by money, your own salvation is still the next life. <laughs> if it was by academic success. Hope you know about Easton, all those guys that discovered everything, they will have gone first. Maybe you, maybe <laughs> as a mathematician, you still be striving to enter. Maybe, maybe you. <laughs> you know, there's just so much, so much. But it cannot be of our works. Hallelujah. It is by grace. So you can't say because of your perfection. You can't say because you are morally right. Mahatma Gandhi was that way. <laughs> he gave us an example last week of Madame Teresa. Those people, it's not by being morally, morally right. It is by grace we were saved. Hallelujah. So once you believe in the gospel, forget your morality. No. It is the faith that matters. Hallelujah. So, the plan of God for every man is twofold. The plan of God for every man, as I round up, I see that some of us are, are dozing off. <laughs> the pl- as, so, now, the plan of God for every man is twofold. To be saved, number one, is to be saved. And we can see that in Mark 16, verse 15. To be saved, Mark 16, verse 15. Mark 16, 15. Mark 16, verse 15. Mark 16, verse 15. Mark 16, 15. Are you there? Are you there? Is everybody there? All right, look at the rest of it. It says, And he said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creation. So now, when you believe the gospel, right? It now says, Either believers, you have believed, right? So, now, the plan of God is for every man to be saved, right? And we agreed. So, now, we've fulfilled, all of us in this room now, I believe we fulfilled the number one plan, right? Mm. Now, the second one is for you to come into the knowledge of the truth. It's for you to come into the knowledge of the truth. Now, let's see Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It's for you to come into the knowledge that we'll look at 2 Timothy. Matthew 28. Verse 18 to 20. We are still looking at the basis of our faith and we'll spend some quite a number of time on this just for us to really understand what happened to us at salvation. Matthew 28. So now Jesus came unto them and said, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe those things I have commanded you to do. In our says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the day. Look at 2 Timothy 2. It's to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. To be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Are we there? 2 Timothy? 2 Timothy 2. First, I'll just watch out. It's over. Verse now. Oh, okay. Second Timothy two verse. Let's see. Um, mm, let's see. Second Timothy four. Oh no. First Timothy four. Sorry. 
or first Timothy two. Ah, what what am I saying now? <laughs> first Timothy, let's do first Timothy two. First Timothy two. First Timothy two verse four. First Timothy, are we are we good there? First Timothy two verse four. All right, it says, "Oh, we have all men to what be saved and do what come to the knowledge of the truth." So that's God's plan for us that we will be saved and we will come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, in coming to the knowledge of the truth, we are going to unravel Matthew 28, 12, where he says to teach all nations, that great commission to teach all nations, teaching them to observe those things whatsoever I've commanded you to do. Then we'll look at the word teach. What we'll do next time we'll meet, we're going to look at the word teach. We're going to unravel it. What does that mean? What does that mean? What's our major role now? Now that you and I believe the gospel, is it just to be walking about and just to be going about and say, ah, I'm born of God, I'm born of God, I'm born of God, I'm born of God. No. It says to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So now we're going to study from this point later on and we're going to see what does it mean to come to the knowledge of the truth. And our major emphasis, we're going to pick it up from Matthew 28 and we're going to see where it says, teaching all men. Look at, let's go to that Matthew 28 again. Matthew 28. That great commission. We're going to unravel that. And we're going to understand what, what is this saying. Look at Matthew 28. It says, verse 18. We'll read it again. Let's just read it again. It says, and Jesus came unto them and said, all power is given unto me. It says, go ye therefore. Look at specific instructions he gave them. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. He now says, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So we are going to unravel. What does it mean to teach all nations, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you? Then we'll look at the word teach. And don't forget, we are still looking at the basis of our faith, the basis of Christianity. How and how we've we've already studied how a man is saved. Does that make sense? How everybody understand how we are saved now? By believing in the gospel, how that he was, how that he died, how that he raised, how that we are raised from the dead. Um, I say, why do we raised? How that he raised from the dead and how that. He was buried right. Now, we have believed the gospel. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that we received the life. Hallelujah. How many of us have received the life today? How many of you, even if you have received the life, you will show you receive the life of God. You did not give. You did not give your life. You receive the life. Let's just lift our hands and just thank God this evening. Just lift your voice and just thank God. Thank Him for, for the life He has given you. Thank Him for, thank him for that life He has given you. Thank Him. Just lift your hands and just bless him. Bless him and just, you, just bless him. Bless him. Lift your voice. Thank him. Thank him for what he has done for us in salvation. Thank him. Lift your voice and just bless him. Oh, Sephrakaskina Masha.